Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the course of his pretty long discussion and monologian about the relationship between what he initially calls the expression or utterance, the locutio, and then the word, the verbum, and then finally the son, the filius, of the divine substance or spirit, which is going to be the father, Anselm is going to talk about them in chapter 44 in particular as being the essence of each other, the essential and we want to keep in mind as we're working through this material that when Anselm says essence, it doesn't automatically translate to what an Aristotelian or somebody else might make of essence, particularly when we're dealing with the divine, the supreme being, in part because essentia for Anselm means something more than just essence, it also means being. And as we saw, there's a particular sense in which he's using this. So Anselm says that in, in chapter chapter 43, as he concludes this discussion about the Father and the Son, that the essence of each always exists in the other. So that makes it sound as if there's a kind of reciprocity there. And he makes sure to tell us that that's not actually the case. He says, in virtue of their substance, they are so much the same that the essence of the Son always exists in the Father, and the essence of the Father always exists in the Son. Why? For there are not different essences, but the same essence not several essences, but one essence of both. That makes it sound as if somehow they are, you might say, instances of one particular essence. But again, we want to keep in mind that essence not only means what is essential to some bunch of things shared in common, but also the very being of that. And when we're talking about supreme essence, that is one of the attributes of the divine, we're talking about a being whose essence is somewhat different than the essences that we're used to dealing with creating beings. When we turn to chapter 44, Anselm says that if we say one is the essence of the other, we're not straying from truth, but rather emphasizing the supreme unity and simplicity of their common nature. So we can say that the Father is the essence of the Son, meaning the Father is that by which the Son is what it is, and we can say that the, the Son is also that, but they are both equally, you could say, what it is that they are. He says, we can't understand this in the same way as when we talk about the wisdom of a man. So he wants to compare this to how created beings, which have attributes like the ones that he's, he's been talking about so far, like wisdom, how they have that or are what they are. So a man, a human being who possesses wisdom, is not thereby wisdom, right? A human being is wisdom to the extent or has wisdom to the extent that they do by participating in something else, by participating in wisdom itself, which turns out to be the supreme wisdom that is the divine substance. The Son, however, does not exist through the Father by participation, or for that matter, have its wisdom by participation. Why not? Because that would mean that the Son would then be like, or would indeed be a created being, 
and would in some respect be different from, lesser than, the wisdom or the being, the essentia, by which the Son is what it is. So he says, just as the supreme wisdom is always wise through himself, so the supreme essence always exists through himself, the Father is completely the supreme essence, but the Son is also completely the supreme essence. So they're both completely supreme wisdom and essence, and therefore they are that through themselves, per se, as Anselm has talked about. So he says, that essence or wisdom which is the Son is no less perfect simply because it is an essence born of the Father's essence and a wisdom born of his wisdom. There's a difference here between being born or generated, which is from eternity, according to Anselm. Uh, the Son is co-eternal with the Father, and being made or being created. So this is something that is reflecting a very important point of traditional Christian theology. Anselm is trying to give it a metaphysical import here. Okay, so going on from here, Anselm says he would be a less perfect essence or wisdom if he did not exist through himself or were not wise through himself. And then he says it's in no way contradictory that the Son both subsists, and he uses the Latin term subsistere there, as something different than esse, or something distinct from esse. The Son subsists through himself. He has his being through the Father. But how does he have his being through the Father? In such a way that he is not ontologically dependent upon the Father, the way that created things are upon the divine substance, he is the totality of what it is that the Father, the generative principle in this case, brings into, can't even say brings into being, however we want to express this. He says, just as the Father has essence and wisdom and life in himself, so that it is not through someone else's, but through his own essence, his own essentia, that he exists or has being, essence, through his own wisdom that he is wise and through his own life that he lives. So by begetting the Son, he grants the Son. This is a key idea here. He grants the Son to have essence and wisdom and life in himself. And if you want to think about how this works out in terms of, you know, the meta physics and time, there is no time before which, you know, just the Father exists and then the Father says, oh, I'm kind of lonely, need to express myself, or something like that, and then poof, there's the Son, and the Son has given everything that the Father has, now you've got you know, one essence, one substance, but two persons within it. Instead, Anselm is saying, there is this relationship of coming from, but what comes from the Father, what comes from the divine substance, what comes from the supreme you know, essence or the, the spirit is indeed something else like itself. The created beings that come from it, that's a different thing. That they're lesser. They don't have that same equality. But the one that does come from it, even though he is generated, is co-equal in this, this respect. So he says, otherwise the being of the Father and the Son would not be the same. If what was generated from the Father through this utterance, through this making a word, through this wisdom, through whatever we want to call it, was not equal, then what we'd have here is sort of a fall, and the Son would not be of the same essence, the same substance as the Father. So he says, it's not contradictory, the Son both subsists through himself and exists from the Father, since this very power of subsisting through himself is necessarily, Anselm says, something he has 
from the Father. And then here again, he reverts to talking in terms of wisdom, and this is a little bit illuminating. Now he's going to make an analogy between created beings, which can actually work. This, this analogy didn't work, but he says, if I have wisdom and I teach you, I am teaching you by means of the wisdom that I possess. Wisdom is created in you. You are wise in a certain respect from my wisdom, because my wisdom was involved in the process of generating yours, but if you really now possess wisdom, it's something in you, not in me. It could be identical, it could be the same wisdom that we've shared, right? In which case, it's very much similar to, to this, but the wisdom that you now possess is indeed in you, and it, it belongs to you. It's no longer ontologically dependent, we might say. It says, once it existed, it would exist only through its own essence and be wise only through itself. So it is all the more true that the, the Eternal Father's co-eternal Son subsists, is wise, lives through himself, has all of the attributes, all of the supreme attributes, is those attributes in the same way that the Father is that we talked about earlier, if you want to. Now, all of that said, in chapter 45, he says, at the same time, both of them technically are the essence of each other, but it's better, it's more befitting to say that the Son is the essence of the Father, because there is, you know, this distinction of persons, and within the distinction of persons, there is a priority from Father to Son, not from Son to Father. So, in that respect, it's better to talk about the Son as being the essence of the Father. He says, the Father has his essence from no one but himself. It just is what it, what it is. It is not completely appropriate to say that he has anyone's essence but his own. Since the Son has his essence, which is totally his own, but also from the Father, and indeed the very same essence the Father has, he can be most appropriately said to have the essence of the Father. Again, keep in mind that essence means something a little bit more in this case than just a common quality or even what makes a thing what it is. It includes the being of the thing that is what a sentia includes for, for Anselm. So Anselm concludes that it is it makes more sense to talk about the Son being the essence of the Father, but they are technically speaking, each one is the essence of the other, in part because they actually do share a one unity, common, simple essence together, of which they are in relation to each other through that distinction. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.